Hey, welcome to That's My Favorite, the podcast where we geek out with naturalists. My name is Rachel Roth, and today I'm actually calling one of our colleagues from Arkansas to talk about one of her favorite things. So sit back and enjoy this episode featuring Holly Sanders. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it sounds kind of like the master chef of fly fishing. Like right. <laughs> you just get a random box of ingredients. It's, yeah, it's like, okay, random. make something. <laughs> yeah. Like how do I use aluminum foil in this? Nomadic cowbirds and poking the puffballs. I like turtles. And lightsaber frog calls. Fresh seaweed scat filled with persimmon seeds. Hey. Hey, Holly, how's it going? It's going. It's Happy going. Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah, it feels like it's been a month this week. <laughs> I know. I think I've had more weekends free, you know, uh, than I ever have in my life. <laughs> wow. I guess to to get started, um, I want you to tell us who you are and where you work and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm Holly Sanders. I'm the facility manager for Whit Stevens Jr. Central Arkansas Nature Center, um, which is a nature center under the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission here in Arkansas, where I'm at. And I've been with the Game and Fish Commission about uh, 12 years, and I've uh, always been at this nature center. I actually saw it from the ground up. And so what we do at the nature center is we tell the um, natural resource history and story of Arkansas, and we help people find their outside. So whatever that might be, it might be uh, fishing, hunting, shooting sports, hiking, birding, paddling, you know, the whole gamut. So we yeah. just want people to, to go outside often. So we try to give them the skills uh, to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it sounds like I guess we have a lot in common, although the, the Great Plains Nature Center is a lot more urban. And so um, we we probably do a little bit less recreational work here and a lot of um, like the fishing, hunting and, and those kinds of activities are done by the state wildlife and park department and not us. But that's the Arkansas hey, is beautiful. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is a beautiful state. We are water rich and have lots of public lands as well. You know, my nature center is actually very urban. So oh, okay. Arkansas Game of Fish, yeah, Arkansas Game of Fish has several nature centers and education facilities that are not quite as urban, but we are right in the middle of Little Rock, the capital, downtown, right down the road from the Clinton Library. Wow. Um, in the hustle and bustle of downtown Little Rock. And so that is a challenge for us, um, uh, you know, because we're teaching outdoor skills and a, but surrounded by cement and tall buildings and yeah. things like that. Oh, that's uh, really cool. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, we are along the Arkansas River and there there is nature downtown. So we try to um, help people see that. Yeah. That's really cool. And it probably, I mean, I guess uh, for you guys, it gives you an opportunity to connect with people that, you know, like I'm sure in Little Rock, like in Wichita, there's a lot of folks in the city that like really don't get a chance to connect to the outdoors in particular kids, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, a lot of people that come to our nature center sometimes don't even plan to come. They're like here for a conference or they're just downtown and they're like, oh, let's go see the nature center. And, you know, so we're able to connect with them. 
you know, when they come through our doors. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so Holly, <laughs> um, I want to know, and I'm, and you already told me ahead of time what your favorite thing was, but I want to <laughs> know what is one of your favorite things about the outdoors that you get to do? Well, I am an angler. Um, so I, I love to, I love to fish and I do, uh, fly fishing as well as your traditional, uh, bait casting fishing. And so that's one of the things that I, I love to do personally. And that I also like to share with others, even from little bitty toddlers all the way to adults. Um, cause there's a lot of reasons, uh, there's a lot of benefits I believe to fishing. So that, that's one of my favorite topics. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I love, I love, um, the use of the word angler because I still hear people use like fishermen and that's such a, um, what's the word? Like a restricting word, I guess. Uh, right. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, tie flies too? I do. I, um, I'm very novice at it. Uh, a couple of years ago, I kind of started getting in, into it a little bit. You know, it's, to me, it's like combining art and nature. So yeah. you're trying to create what what the fish want to eat. And let me tell you, when you tie a fly, which you know, you're know you using thread and feathers and materials to make it look like something the fish wants to eat, and you, you put it together on a hook, um, when you go out and you catch a fish with a fly that you've tied, that is adrenaline. I mean, that's like, woohoo, you know, I mean, cause it's full circle, you know? It's, so, um, I, I do like to tie flies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually entered, we went to a, a local uh, pub down here and they had a fly tying contest and it was kind of fun. They had, they had one contest where you were blindfolded tying flies. So it was kind of like, um, you know, some of it was silly, but it was fun, but they had a beginner one and they gave you the materials. So you didn't know what you were going to be using. And some of them were not traditional fly time materials. <gasps> and um, I actually almost won that. I was like super proud. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it sounds kind of like the master chef of fly fishing. Like right. <laughs> you just get a random box of ingredients. It's, it's yeah, like, okay, random. make something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do I use aluminum foil in this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. How on earth do you tie a fly blind without stabbing yourself on a, on a hook? Uh, say that again? <laughs> how, how would you even tie a fly? So like you said, one of them was doing it blindfolded. Yeah, well, you have gear, right? Uh-huh. So for those gear junkies. So you have a vice that actually holds your it holds your hook in place. And so you just kind of feel your way. And if you've tied oh, okay. flies even a little bit, you you can feel your way through it. Okay, okay. I'll take yeah. your word for it. <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool. Um, so and I guess um, you probably have certain things that you want to talk about. So I want to try and let you guide the conversation too, instead of me just asking you questions. Sure. Well, I mean, since we started talking about flies or bait, I just kind of wanted to share um, kind of the lure of fishing, you know, maybe why I like fishing so much. Yes. And there's, there's three types of lures that I really love. Okay. And, um, so we can talk about those lures if you like to. I'd love to. Yeah. So what are what yeah. are your three lures to fishing, Holly? So the the first lure of fishing um, for me is 
um, all the lures are just shared experiences. So to me, the lure of fishing is having a shared experience with mm -hmm. something. And obviously the first shared experience you have is with nature. And a lot of times uh, when I go fishing, and usually this is just your traditional, you know, bait casting, a lot of folks start out with just um, live bait, right? Like a worm mm -hmm. <laughs> or a minnow. And when I use the simple worm or minnow, it just reminds me of the natural world. And uh, for me, going out fishing, um, I really connect with nature. And especially if I'm in the resource. So a lot of times with fly fishing as well, I'm actually in the water. I've waded into the river. Um, or maybe I'm just on the bank under the shade. And I really am immersed in uh, the outdoors. And so I'm not just fishing. I'm I'm seeing a dragonfly squirt across. A skirt across the water. I'm seeing birds flying up high in the air. I'm feeling the sun on my face. And there's a turtle that's also feeling the sun on his face. <laughs> and um, so you, you really connect with nature. And one experience that really sticks out to me is that uh, one fourth of July, I went fishing on the White River here in Arkansas. And um, I waded out into the river and the White River is clear and beautiful, and you can see all the river rocks on the bottom. And I was uh, fly fishing for trout, and I was just out there, and the water was running through my legs, and it was a beautiful um, sunny day. And up ahead of me, I spotted a bald eagle, mm. right? So this is 4th of July, so like all oh. nature came about. I like call that a snow white moment, like, oh, you know, everything <laughs> came about, but what stuck out to me about that is um, when I'm in that type of moment, um, my um, busyness kind of stops or mm. my addiction to schedules and things like that. And it's just, I'm in the moment, Yeah, you know? And so that really um, is, is really connecting with nature. And yeah. so to me, that's one of the biggest lures of fishing and, and, even if you don't catch a fish, you know, you've, you've had a shared experience, you know, with nature, um, out there fishing. So. Oh, that's really cool. Do you ever, I, I feel like some people, I, I guess myself included, although, um, I'm kind of in your camp where when I'm out, I'm always paying attention to birds and I often get kind of distracted, but so many people, maybe it's the idea of just standing there waiting for fish. They, they seem to think that it's kind of a boring exercise. Um, what what would you say to people like that who have that opinion that maybe it would be too boring just to go stand out there and <laughs> try to catch fish? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand them. that, you know, you're going bank fishing, um, you know, you're focused on catching the fish and, and maybe it's just a paradigm shift of, you're, you know, you're not just catching a fish, you're, you know, you're, you're catching an experience. Oh. Right. And so just kind of focusing on what's around you and, and, and then move, you don't have to stay in the same spot. You know, you can move and explore. And I often tell people in like in Arkansas and I, and I know in many of the States and in our nation, there are so many different types of waterways that you can fish, you know, lakes, ponds, rivers, creeks. Um, you can even go to the ocean. So you can Ooh. change up your habitat 
right? And depending on what type of fish you want to catch, you know, you it's just kind of like birding, right? If you yeah. want to see a different bird, you go to a different habitat or, um, and so fishing can be that way. It can, it can take you to new places. Um, and so I just say, just to have a different mentality of it, you know, instead of, oh, I'm just sitting here, I'm not catching fish, I'm not catching fish, think, what are you catching, right? Oh, you know? Yeah, so. no, that's perfect. That's like, ah, great. It, it's this situational awareness to say like, hey, you're just looking at this wrong. Like, <laughs> you're- Well, and I often, you know, anglers are known for having fishing stories, right? I caught a fish this big or I caught umpteen <laughs> fish. And I always, uh, I, I do fishing camps for kids in the summer. And, you know, I know that we could be addressing disappointment because I can't promise they're going to catch a fish, mm-hmm. right? So I always say, I want to know what your fishing story is at the end of the day. So your fishing story may be, oh, man, I caught the first fish or I caught the biggest fish or I caught this species of fish. But it may be, man, I didn't catch a fish at all. Can you believe that? <laughs> Or I caught this fish and it got away. You know, I said, I said, you, you have a story to catch. And then I have them share that story at the end of the day. Oh my gosh. And it makes it, you know, yeah. So I just think, you know, one of the lures of fishing is just having a shared experience with, with the natural world. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> uh, so when you see a worm, think about that. <laughs> okay, I will. I will stop thinking about the birds that might be eating it, and I will instead imagine it on a hook um, to help me catch experiences. <laughs> yeah, help you catch a good story. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's one thing that's kind of cool about fishing that birding and things like that don't have in common, which is that you can't like, I don't know, hook a bird and like hold it in your hands and (laughs) touch it and stuff there's very few animals you can interact with that way (laughs) yeah I mean I have seen birds almost hooked when you're fishing oh no that doesn't happen yeah Um, but yes I know what you're saying yeah you can definitely connect with wildlife right so you can you know you can fish and you can pull in um you know a beautiful rainbow trout and you know you you're just kind of gently holding it in the water and um you know, you, you are in connection with the fish, you know, you can see the beautiful colors of it and you think, oh, how cool you are. And then, you know, if you're not going to eat the fish, you can just see it swim off, you know, out of your hands and back into the, uh, back into the resource. Yeah. And you can eat it probably in the laws, I guess, depend on where you are. And you can, yeah. I mean, fishing is a great way to, you know, you can go from, uh, stream to table, right? It's it's mm. very organic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know exactly where your fish is coming from. And, um, you know, it's quite tasty if, if you enjoy fish. Yeah. I Sometimes the fish have stories too. I'm, I'm not much of a, an angler. I don't really usually enjoy fishing unless I'm with other people that enjoy fishing because I'd just rather look at birds and stuff. But <laughs> now I'm starting to like change my tune I, a little bit mentally I here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I went out with a, a really experienced angler one time and and he caught this little trout and like and picked it up and, and uh, it had a scar on its back from, he said it was from a heron that had striked striked it strike struck stricked it stricken what is the word it was from a heron strike yeah and I was like what that's so cool so it's like this fish I was holding like it escaped a heron but it didn't escape me 
Right. I mean, you become a part of its natural story, right? Yeah. It's little life story. You're a part of it now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it can tell a story. Um, you know, I love also, I mean, if you're an angler, you know, you, I learn about a lot of different fish species and not just game species. So there's a lot of fish out there that I'm not trying to catch, but man, you know, they're beautiful. Like the little darters, if you're in a Creek, you know, somewhere you can look for little darters and other fish that, you know, you're not going to catch, uh, as game fish, but you know, they're beautiful in themselves. So you, as you become a better angler, I always say no fish, go fish, right? The more mm. you know about fish, the better angler you are. And so just yeah. being mindful of that. That's cool. Do you have a favorite non-game fish? I mean, I love the darters. So the <laughs> rainbow darter, that's why it came to mind. The rainbow darters, just beautiful. They're almost like tropical freshwater fish. I mean, they're just really pretty. They, um, you know, they, they have kind of a specialized habitat and some of them can be at risk. And that's, you know, our, our biologists help manage that and take care of them. And, and a lot of people don't realize that we have these beautiful fish. And there's actually darters in the nation that are actually named after presidents. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting names and in history that go go behind a lot of these fish, you know, and how they they're named and so forth. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, you mentioned that, you know, fishing kind of isn't your thing per se, mm -hmm. um, unless you're with family and friends and that's another lure of fishing for me. Oh, and, okay. Explain. Yeah. So, you know, you have a shared experience with nature, but a shared experience with family and friends. And, um, I was, uh, first introduced to fishing by my grandfather. Uh, how about you? Do you know who taught you how to fish? You or know, who took you first? <laughs> the the person who took me fishing first was my dad. And like we we always watch the Andy Griffith show and you know the intro where they're uh -huh. going out fishing oh. and <laughs> but I guess I had kind of a traumatic experience because we weren't like a super outdoorsy family. And so when my dad took us fishing for the first time and I caught a fish, like it really freaked me out because I thought I was hurting it and then I was just like uh -oh. screaming and crying and my dad was like, I don't oh. know what to do and <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I mean, I uh, was introduced by my grandfather and he was uh, he was a huge angler and he liked to fish for bass for anything. But we would go out on the lake um, and he would take me and he started me out with cane pole fishing, which a lot of people do start out with. Uh, and that's one good cool thing about fishing is you really don't have to have a lot of fancy equipment um, to go fishing. But um, he'd take me fishing and, you know, Honestly, Rachel, I don't really remember a lot about the fish we caught, uh -huh. but I remember we would always take breaks and usually it would be just sitting under a tree or maybe a picnic table nearby. And he would um, break open a can of sardines and just like, you know, pull the, the tap, pull the lid on that. Uh -huh. And then a sleeve of saltine crackers. And he put the salt, the sardine on the cracker and make these little sandwiches. And I would eat that. I mean, I would eat the starting little cracker sandwiches. And it's, I think, mainly because I was with my grandfather and he would just talk to me. Aww. And we'd spend time together. So, you know, that's what I remember most about our time fishing versus like, I caught this big catfish or, you know, this number of bass. And I don't even have pictures of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, catching fish together. And so 
that's kind of how I got started fishing. And my dad likes to fish. And I wouldn't say we were fishing like every week or every weekend, but we, we did fish quite a bit and we still fish now. My dad has a fishing pond on his land and we go out there with our family and catch fish. But I love getting together with my girlfriends and we go fishing and we'll go camping and we'll go fishing. And so I always say fishing's a friend maker <laughs> because you, you have something in common. Like, so when I go to like a community fishing pond, like even in Little Rock here, we have a community fishing pond nearby. If I go, there's people fishing and you walk by and they're like, Hey, did you catch anything? Or what are you using? And immediately you have common ground with mm. a stranger. Right. Yeah. And so that's one thing I like to pass along to kids and college students and whatnot is that if you fish, you, you know, it's easy to make friends. And if you hear someone talking about fishing, you can say, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'd love to fish too. You know, tell me some of your fishing stories. And so I just think that one lure of fishing is that you can share those experiences, you know, with others. Yeah. And, and you know, reminded of the Andy Griffith show, right? They're walking <laughs> uh-huh. down the road together. You got the whistle song going on and just that, you know, that good feeling, right? Right. Um, and of course, you know, it can be competitive too. You can go to fishing tournaments and, you know, all kinds of things like that. But it, you know, it kind of brings people together. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you can get like really into it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can like anything. Right? right, right. Of course. And I mean, if you go to a good fish fry, I mean, that's fun too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know if what? You like to eat oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> if you like to eat fish, I mean, that's. that's yeah, great. yeah. You know what I'm realizing now after having like talked or listened to you talk about this for a minute is that, <laughs> you even, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that, but also like I, even though I don't personally, like I don't consider myself somebody who enjoys fishing, I'm realizing that I can distinctly remember every single time that I've gone fishing with people and the people that I was with and like those experiences are really stuck in my head. Like what? why that's so it's so interesting I was like wow like I remember going fishing with this group of people like distant relatives this one time I remember going fishing when I was in Brazil with a bunch of excuse me my sister-in-law's like um cousins and stuff and all these little kids who are just like so good at catching fish and I was like how do you do that so easy and they're teaching me and like you know that's I have a lot of fond memories of fishing for somebody who doesn't like fishing (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's it's a fun activity. You're outdoors. I mean, people are happy. Um, you know, you have a common activity that's going on. And um, so, yeah, you, you make your, your catchy memories. Right. And yeah. that's why. You do it. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. This is so wholesome, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's, of course, that's one of my, my favorite things and even sharing on social media, you know, so I love to ask people who taught them how to fish first. Mm. Uh, and I get all kinds of answers. You know, sometimes it's your typical dad or grandpa, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's mom or grandmother or cousin or scout leader or neighbor. And, and even in today, uh, I'll have people that said YouTube. You know, oh. YouTube. YouTube has taught me how to fish. You know, I have a, I have a friend who's in his uh, early 20s. He's a fly uh, he fly fishes. He's really good at it. And I asked him, I said, so who taught you how to fly fish? And he said, you know, honestly, in, I, in college, I decided to take it up and YouTube 
taught me. And I was like, there you go. Oh, that's so, so I mean, cool. <laughs> I mean, now you're sharing your fishing experiences online and, and there's nothing better than a, I caught a fish smile picture, right? Yeah. I mean, when you see those pictures and people caught a fish, I mean, their smile is just like from here to there, you know? <laughs> and so I just love to see those pictures. That's awesome. <laughs> so you, your lures of fishing are catching experiences and catching friends. Sure. And, you know, shared experiences with natures and with friends. But to me, um, uh, you know, in the, in the nature center here, we have a gift shop. And one time we had a, um, one of those great big novelty lures, like you'd have in your cabin by the lake, you oh, know, you yeah. don't really, yeah, you don't really fish with it, um, but people would buy it like as a novelty. And I always say, I would always tell my coworkers, "Hey, that that fishing lure catches people, right? Like catches you know people because they want it on their wall." Hmm. Uh, and, and it made me think about <laughs> it made me think about that one lure of fishing that I appreciate is that it's kind of a shared experience with community. So mm-hmm. it's a community builder, and often. I see like derbies, you know, community derbies are bringing people together or maybe cleanups, you know, cause anglers want clean water. You yeah. know, we want, we want good habitat for fish. So, you know, anglers, a lot of times anglers, you know, will get involved in cleanups or stream team projects, um, you know, just kind of things that build the community. A lot of times uh, I'm involved in a, in a project called the Mayfly Project, Ooh, which <laughs> is, the, yeah, it's Mayflies, which is great for fly fishing. Um, but the Mayfly Project um, reaches out to foster kids and teaches them how to fly fish as a life skill. And, you know, we, we mentor, we, we spend a year mentoring, um, you know, some foster kids. We teach them the, the benefits of fishing. We teach them how to fish. And then they have this life skill that they can pull out of their pocket at any time, you know, whether wow. it's to relieve stress or to catch a dinner or make friends. Right. And so I just love how fishing builds community um, and how people really get in, involved uh, with that. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, you as an angler or as a hunter or anyone that enjoys outdoor activities, um, you, you want to support the conservation of that. Um, and so fishing helps with, with conservation. Yeah. Um, is the Mayfly Project a national project or is that something it, local? Uh, it started in Arkansas, but it is national now. Oh, cool. Okay. I wonder if that's yeah. here in Kansas at all. I might have to look at it. It might be. They have a great website um, that you know shows the states that are involved and then if your state isn't involved and you know someone who who's in the fly fishing circle or that world and wants to get it started, then they can definitely, you know, get in touch. It's really um, a rewarding um, project to be involved in. Yeah, we have a local fly fishing club that meets actually here in our building. So uh, definitely oh, yeah. have some contacts there that yeah. we can get in touch with. You know, and uh, I'm a member of the Arkansas Fly Fishers Club, you know, speaking of clubs here. And they have a lot of projects too. So they have uh, Project Healing Waters, which 
reaches out to veterans and uses fishing as a healing activity. And also um, there is also projects that help women who have, who have gone through breast cancer and, and use fly fishing as not only a way to reap the health benefits of fishing, but also to connect with other women that are going through that shared experience. Wow. And uh, yeah. That is so, so cool. I mean, fishing is a great vehicle for building community mm. and helping others. And But one of my favorite ways that fishing helps is through conservation. And I think we talked about this, but I think a lot of folks don't know that um, a long time ago, um, I guess in the early 1900s, we kind of lost a lot of wildlife in the United States, the nation, mm -hmm. mainly because of loss of habitat and unregulated hunting and fishing. Um, but a brilliant piece, piece of legislation went through and it uh, eventually evolved into the wildlife sport fish uh, restoration program. And so what that is, is anytime you buy some type of uh, tackle, like a fishing pole and some tackle, maybe you get some gas for your boat or some fuel for your boat, or if you're a hunter and you buy like a bow and arrow or a firearm, there's a special tax on that that goes to the federal government. And then the federal government collects all that and disperses it to every state to help them um, manage wildlife. So, yeah. and, and also to help with some education as well. Um, and the, the states get that money based on two things, uh, how much land they have and how many licenses are sold. Mm. And so I would say one way that you can be conservation minded is that you can buy a fishing license. And because that's going to help give your state clean water, that's going to help manage the fish and wildlife, uh, public lands that need to be managed so that you can enjoy more than just fishing and hunting, but you can enjoy birding and hiking and paddling. And, um, and so it's, it's a really easy way to be conservation minded. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know some birders in our local community who will purchase things like duck stamps and um, hunting licenses and fishing licenses, even when they don't participate in those sports just to contribute to conservation. Right, so maybe they don't fish, but you can buy a fishing license and that helps your state stay natural so that you can enjoy it. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize how how much money that hunters and anglers have contributed through the years and mm. like last year um the taxes on that um i think equaled like a billion dollars that went nationwide wow that's crazy yeah and so it's it's brilliant right because the user is being taxed mm -hmm. um but it does benefit everyone and so that's why i say hey even if you don't fish buy a fishing license you know just to support the wildlife management in your state. Yeah. I think we should probably also um, mention, just because I know here in Wichita, at least, we get a lot of questions from kids um, because uh, they they have this misconception that sports like hunting and, and things like that actually contribute to wildlife depletions and our uh, dangers. Like sometimes if you ask a group of kids, like what's the biggest threat to this animal? They'll, they'll say hunting because I think that they're used to seeing stories of poaching and unregulated sure. wildlife yeah. usage and stuff. But um, that's, that's not an issue in our no, country at least. In, um, 
I mean, that just goes back to science. So, you know, you have the predator-prey relationships and you can actually become overpopulated. You know, animals can become overpopulated where they don't have enough resources and, you know, whatnot. So that goes all into the biology of it. And of course, now uh, we have regulated hunting and fishing. So we don't, you know, we have laws against poaching and you're only allowed to hunt and fish certain species, certain times of year or a certain amount. And all that's based on science, you know, so it changes every year. So, you know, our biologists that go out, they're taking care of the wildlife, making sure they're healthy. And then they make recommendations and they, they might say, hey, this year, uh, we're not going to be able to hunt as many turkeys because we had a drought the year before and we don't want their population to be depleted. Mm. Or they may say, hey, you know, we have way too many turkeys, so we're going to make, you know, rules that allow you to take so many. So I think it's really cool that it's based on science. Yeah. Um, you know, and in a and since, you know, I told you we lost all those animals in the early 1900s, since mm-hmm. we've established um, these regulations and we have a funding source for it, we've seen a huge comeback in our nation of white-tailed deer and turkeys and waterfowl. And even in Arkansas, we have one of the biggest success stories of bringing back the black bear population. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so definitely um, it helps. Hunting and fishing actually helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not only does it help science-wise, but it helps fund. Um, Because unfortunately, conservation is not free. No. (laughs) I mean, you know, but you can have fun and you can also be conservation at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of like fishing, um, sport fish are stocked. And I don't really know a whole lot about that process. But if you know a little bit more, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that process too. But um, sport fish at least are maintained and managed and um, I've seen videos of different dispersal methods for like throwing fry out into certain reservoirs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, every state probably has hatcheries. I know we have several hatcheries here in our state, and and of course they manage different species. So you know, one might be really in managing catfish, and like you said, they'll harvest catfish eggs and you know grow them out, and then when they're like catchable size, they'll put them in local community fishing ponds, um, you know, where folks can fish. And I love the community fishing ponds because they're close by because one obstacle to fishing is you feel like you have to drive to some remote location like you might see in a movie, like the river runs through it or something. Um, But you can, you can, you can fish downtown and your local community fishing pond. And a lot of times in the wintertime, they'll stock trout uh, because trout have to have cold water. So you might catch trout. And then, you know, of course, in, in the States, the dam system developed um, to help manage uh, flooding and rivers. And this produced a habitat that was great for trout. Mm. So the tailwaters of, of dam systems are great for trout. And so there are trout hatcheries um, that, you know, stock that. But there's a lot of fish that, that are just natural. You know, you can go to a, a, a creek and catch smallmouth bass or brim or everywhere. Um, you know, so, so some places are stocked, but, you know, obviously it's, it's mostly natural in a lot of places. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. And, and if you ever have a chance to visit a hatchery, it's pretty cool. 
I mean, to see that process. So I told you I have fishing camps for kids and we happen to be near a hatchery. So we'll actually go to the hatchery and they'll watch um, the biologist, you know, they'll get to actually see the catfish eggs and handle the catfish eggs and watch Whoa. them. That's, yeah, it's That's a lot cool. of fun and it, it helps them think about fishing more than just catching fish. They, they kind of get the whole conservation picture right uh, fish fish management so right that's so cool it's again one of those like full circle things that is making fishing like very alluring (laughs) 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 oh i see what you did there oh thank you (laughs) oh Oh, Holly, this is so cool. I love, I love, um, earlier you said that, um, fishing was a vehicle for community building. And I think, I don't know, that word like stuck out in my brain and I can't let go of it now because it really is. It's not that like fishing itself, like the, just like the act of throwing bait into the water and catching a fish. Like that's not what's cool. What's cool is that it's a vehicle carrying out so many other things like your relationships and your experience in nature and your immersion and your community and conservation and like, right. I mean, so much bigger than just fishing. It is. And it's, it's a lot of shared, shared experiences with fishing. And I even know in schools, um, you know, we have curriculum, where teachers can use fish just to teach subjects, you know, and so fishing even inspires art. So we talked about fly time. Fish Mm -hmm. printing is an art. Oh, Um, yeah. There was a session about that at one of our interpretation conferences recently, right? Yeah. I didn't know that one, but. Yeah, you can do fish printing. And, of course, fishing inspires poems and songs, um, you know, and so just like, a lot of things in nature it there's a lot of cross spillover mm. you know with fishing so you know yeah that's why it's one of my favorite things oh <laughs> gosh that was delightful um if if anybody listening to this podcast uh is beginning to feel like they want to get involved in fishing can you give them any tips on how they can get started? Cause I think it can be a little bit intimidating trying to get in and like, you don't have the equipment, you don't know who to talk to or where to go. How do people get started fishing? Right. You know, and I, and I kind of know what that's like, you know, if you go into an outdoor section of a store, a department store, just like with everything else, you're just overwhelmed with the choices of lures and line and hooks and whatnot. And, And, you know, really, we just say, you know, if you're just starting out, you just need, you know, the basics, you just need a a fishing pole that has a reel on it. And a lot of times you can, you can buy these little kits, you know, like at a department store, and just start with some natural bait, you know, worms or minnows. And if you have, you know, some people have issues, you know, touching worms or minnows, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of artificial, you know, uh, bait that you can use and even grocery store bait so that can be fun too you can make you can make your own bait you know your own recipes um oh wait wait. yeah oh i was picturing like like the the cans of worms you buy at walmart but no you're talking about like homemade bait recipes yeah yeah so when i say so there's artificial lures which is like the plastic worms or what you think of as when you when you hear the word lure um, but then there's natural bait, which is like worms and minnows or crickets. And then you have what I call grocery store bait. So that's like corn or hot dogs. Oh. You know, 
some people have even used like, you know, those little miniature marshmallows that are pastel colored. Yes. Well, those, those look like little eggs. So you Ooh. can like put that on your hook and like, especially if you're fishing for trout, um, you know, those would be good. So, you know, you can, you can have grocery store bait and, you know, cat, you know, earlier I said, if the more you know about fish, the better angler you are. Mm -hmm. And it's true. So, you know, you need to know, uh, first of all, decide what type of fish you want to catch. So maybe catfish. And then you need to know where, where do catfish live? So, okay, I can go to a community fishing pond or a lake or, I mean, catfish are in most, a lot of different bodies of water. So it's an easy to fish to start with. And then you're like, well, what do they eat? Because you're not just throwing a hook out there. You're trying to get them to eat it. And so you want to mm. throw something out there that they would eat. So like, like if I was a fish and you were fishing for me, Rachel, mm -hmm. you would definitely have to have a peanut butter chocolate milkshake on the end of your hook. <laughs> That's good that to know. Because that would give me every time, right? <laughs> uh -huh. And so, you know, so if you go fishing, you want to find out what they want to eat. And so catfish, they're kind of like um, big tongues swimming through the water. Ooh. So they, you know, something, the smell, they can taste the bait i mean if it's in the water um so that's why a lot of people who fish for catfish fish for what you know they use stinky things Ooh. Like stink bait or chicken livers or Ooh. hot dogs you know stuff you know stuff that's really stinky because that's what catfish are attracted to but if you want to fish for um trout you know you're not going to use stinky stuff like that to fish for trout so you know, you do need to do a little bit of, you know, know your fish a little bit. But I would say a lot of fish like worms and minnows and crickets. So that's okay. a good thing to start with. Um, like I said, if you have an issue for that, you can usually find the artificial form of that um, to fish with. Because I don't want, I don't want people not wanting to touch a worm, stop them from fishing. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Um, and I so just, just the basics. There you go. That's easy. Yeah. I, that's way simpler than I thought. I never, I mean, now that you've set, like pointed out that people can use hot dogs, I can picture like I've seen people use hot dogs before, but I'd totally forgotten about how easy that can be. <laughs> yeah. So I can give you like a, a super secret catfish bait recipe. Oh, it's not going to be very secret if it goes on a podcast, but um, I'm here for it. Yeah. I don't think it's very <laughs> secret anymore. I just oh. call it. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Well, tell, tell me your super secret catfish okay. recipe. Well, you can take cheap hot dogs and cut them up like you would for a child, like little, you know, little bitty pieces, uh, you know, like you would like for a child and put that in a bowl or a jar and cover it with water. And then you need a packet of strawberry Kool-Aid. What? Strawberry Kool-Aid. And pour that powder into your jar and then put a couple of spoons of minced garlic in there and then just put the lid on it and just let it sit in your fridge you know for a day or two okay and then you can put that hot dog on your hook and it's real stinky you know and so that's the catfish love that and oh my you, need gosh. To use, you need to use strawberry kool-aid that great okay or, or lemon lime 
<laughs> they have very specific Just tastes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That like made my day. Now I I want to go fishing just so I can make this <laughs> weird Kool-Aid garlic hot dog recipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's really cool. Cat, catfish you know, have something like 100,000 taste buds on their whiskers, don't they? Yeah, I mean they're like I said they're big tongues swimming through the water. That's so cool. You know, cool. basically, um so yeah, like if I was a chocolate chip cookie and I ca- and you were a catfish and I came near you, you would be like, "Oh, that's something I want." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, you were talking about um, also, you know, just learning how to cast. Mm. So um, you know, a lot of state parks and fish and wildlife agencies and 4-H clubs. There's a lot of places out there that do clinics or classes or help you learn how to cast but you know you can also practice on your own and I just tell people it doesn't really take a lot of effort to cast I've seen people like run backward and then forwards to feel like they have to cast and Mm. really all you have to do is just move your elbow you know you're holding a fishing pole and just move your elbow back and forth and then then you just cast it out and you so you can have fun practicing casting in your backyard so you can put a hula hoop out there or a bucket um and you can just practice casting towards it. And and kids really love to do this. So, you know, I'll, I have these little plastic fish called backyard bass that I'll put out in the yard. <laughs> and my grandson will just cast for them over and over and over. And he's just getting better and better at casting. So when you actually go out on the water, you know, you've kind of got it down. Um, so you can, you know, you can cast and got a worm on your hook just for catfish just leave it out there a little bit and let them let them smell it and you know give them time to get to it and so yeah um you know just like with anything there's different strategies involved and different fish you have to fish for differently but in your local community pond that's pretty much how you fish awesome that sounds like a really cool like a party game to backyard hula hoop fishing (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you can do that without putting a hook on it so nobody's like eyes are in danger, right? Yeah. In okay. fact, you can buy you can actually buy these little plugs to put on the end of it of your line that it's not a hook, it's just a plug. A lot of kids' fishing poles actually come with them. Oh, cool. Um, and that way it's heavy enough that it's gonna take your line out for you, but it's that doesn't have a hook on the end of it. Okay, cool. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Or you can put like a washer, get like a washer, a Ooh. nut or a washer. Just put that on the end of your line and it'll help cast it out. Easy. Done. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And some places let you like rent poles and stuff, right? I know our um, local uh, wildlife and parks office does that. I don't know about um, other states or other offices, but there's probably places you can do or like take formal classes like Cabela's or something like that too, right? Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of those Cabela's and Orvis, they have online classes mm. and, you know, your local you know, bait shop or fly fishing shop. A lot of times they do classes too. And these, these fly fishing clubs, sometimes they have lessons. Um, but kind of lost my train of thought there for oh, a minute. Okay. But, and YouTube um, too, apparently. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. It's great. Um, teaching Perfect. you all kinds of stuff. But I just say get out there and practice. Yeah. You know, and just be in the mindset of, you know, hey, I might not catch a fish today, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm increasing my skills. And when I was learning how to fly fish, one day I said, you know, I'm just going to go to the Little Red River. I'm going to wade out into the river. I'm going to enjoy nature. And I'm just going to practice casting. 
So that was my goal mm. was not to catch fish was, was just to practice casting. And I cast for a long time and I didn't catch anything, but that was okay. Cause I saw a kingfisher fly by and um, you know, I, there was other anglers on the water and, and I was just about to move down the river and I was like, Oh, and, and, and I got a trout. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> you know, so then I was like, Oh, I got a trout. And I was able to pull the trout in and take a look at it and then release it back. And yeah, so that was exciting. But you know, my goal was just to go out there and enjoy my time and to just practice my casting. And then you succeeded at um, that and more. I did. And I caught a fish. <laughs> that's so. cool. And I caught a picture. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, Holly, this has been absolutely delightful. Yeah. I, I just want to, you know, challenge folks that if, if fishing is something that you say you want to do, to be intentional about doing it. Mm. You know, today, you know, we say that we want to go fishing or go birding or learn how to hunt or plant a garden, but we just don't seem to get around to doing it a lot. And I just yeah. say, be intentional about it. And you don't have to have the fanciest equipment. I've seen people I've seen a kid catch a fish using a soda can. <laughs> Took a soda can, he put some line on it with a hook and bait and cast the line out and rolled it in with his can. So Wow. Uh, but you know, it, you can get you can get into the gear as well, which can be fun too, you know, getting mm-hmm. the pure gear head, that's a lot of fun. Um, so I just say be intentional uh, about doing the things that you say you want to do and I hope fishing will be one of them. Yeah. And, you know, take someone, if you go fishing, take someone with you. Yes. Have you a know? memory, have an experience. It's a vehicle yeah. for your conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'll make it, you know, I say go after work. You can cast mm. a line after work, you know, say, hey, you know, let's meet up at the pond. Let's cast a line and then grab some dinner from a food truck. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, awesome. Be fun. Well, if there's. Not anything else? I guess like that'll that'll do it. That was perfect. This is this has been a great conversation, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you having me on, Rachel. And um, of course, now I'll be kind of uh, whistling the Andy Griffith tune <laughs> for the rest of the day. Yeah, you know? same. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I see no problem there. Well, thanks, Holly. It's nice talking okay. to you. And uh, all right, and I'll see you online. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> all right, have a great one. All right, bye. I'll put some information about some of the things we talked about on our show notes page at gpnc.org slash that's hyphen my hyphen favorite. Thank you to our producers, the Great Plains Nature Center. And if you guys enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. We will be back next week to talk about more of our favorite things because everything's our favorite around here. Get outside often, pick up a fishing line, and go catch some memories. Bye-bye.